0: Welcome in to another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host Dave Melton, site manager at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at dmel57. I've got all my line mates with me this evening, so let's bring them all in without any other any other well uh, without other stuttering. I was going to say, but here we are anyway. Up first, the analytics darling of Second City Hockey. You can find on Twitter at Shepard Price. It's Shepherd Price.
1: Wow. It was a G.I. Jane joke, dude. <laughs> well, I – yeah. You know, I. Uh, with all the things that have happened the last
0: three or four days, I've kind of forgotten about that briefly until you mentioned it again. Like that was – that night was a reminder of when Twitter is the best, which is within like the immediate aftermath of something ridiculous happening in the world that everybody kind of knows about. The jokes were amazing. The memes were amazing. There's going to be more
1: um the wildest thing to happen at the oscars maybe topping moonlight and and la la land
0: i could not tell you if i have ever watched the oscars at any other point in my life i'm not a big movie person but i absolutely turned it on to see what was going to happen when will smith won his award so so i guess congratulations to the academy your ratings were probably insanely high this year
1: like only went up 58 percent over last year which is the lowest rated oscars
0: Oh, that's it? Only 58?
2: I would have expected higher, to be honest. The rest of it was terrible, though.
1: Yes, it was (laughs) bad. We
2: ruined We Don't Talk About Bruno. And I love Meg Thessalian, but like. I
1: love Meg Thessalian, but like, again, just give us
0: the song. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, but I I will say, like, for on Will Smith's behalf, like, I I don't want to go too far down this road, but I mean, I listened to uh, Jason Goss podcast today and he made a very compelling case about uh, like understanding why Will Smith did what he did. And I, 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 I don't have any way to refute the argument that made. So if you, if you go listen to Jason Goss podcast, it's very good. It's all about all Chicago sports, but uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and criticize Will Smith for what he did. I'm, I'm not really, I was just more into the jokes more than anything else and the memes because they've been great. Yes. There we go. All right. We're we're in agreement. Uh you've and we're gonna change up the order of the intros and you're gonna see why in a bit, but you've already heard her voice a little bit, so we'll bring her in fully. She is Second City Hockey's Bulin Wall of Text. I almost messed it up. She's not on Twitter. You can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, it's Betsy.
2: I was like, I can't go quietly into the night without saying, <laughs> Why did they mess up <laughs> the best song? Ah. Uh
0: what was the song that they messed up i, I missed this part of the album. we', don't oh. talk, about, we don't talk we don't about talk
2: Bruno. about Bruno from Encanto okay they okay.
1: got through like the first verse and maybe chorus and then Meg, Meg the Stallion made made, made uh a was remix a good. so it was, how it was, it was the good. greatest Meg Thee Stallion verse
2: no how, how
0: did they mess it up
2: so adding I mean,
1: adding unnecessary singers yeah, instead of just
2: so doing the, the, song, the live it, version it, of the song yeah the song is the reason it's so popular is because of what it is. You know, it's like an unexpected Lin-Manuel-like combination of Disney. It's such a good song and it became huge on TikTok and everything like that. Nobody wanted to tune in for the first time it was ever sung live to see it not in its original or close close to original form. They wanted to see the cast sing it. I mean, there were people that had like kids that stayed up to try to watch that and yeah, they butchered it.
0: So what you're saying is that all those people are very thankful that the Will Smith Chris Rock thing happened because no one talked about that.
2: It's true, I guess. I mean and I also before, go before ahead. that, what the what the was uh trending, like what the fuck was trending on Twitter. And then it took on a completely different meaning after the slaps. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know, it was just I only watched bits and pieces, but like I tuned in for that performance and was annoyed. And again, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. it is what it is, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean,
0: uh, are you a regular watcher of the Oscars? Like I'm I'm not, but I I know it's a major thing for a lot of people because movies are pretty big in this country and everywhere.
2: (laughs) No, traditionally, because the Oscars are very sanitized and whitewashed and I don't, like, it's only occasionally that I think they even get it slightly right, like, occasionally. Like, they did last night, I thought, of straight of one and all this other stuff. Um, not last night, Sunday, but um, it, it, it's just, it's a weird, incestuous group of celebrities fawning over themselves, over things that <laughs> okay. don't necessarily appeal or... I, I feel like fine, and
0: eh. I, I feel like award shows in general have gotten that way. I mean, even like like it carries into sports a little bit too. I think like some of the sports award shows are just they're not really entertaining anymore. Like the NHL award shows, they bring off some like D-list comedian to try and be the host, and it's usually never really entertaining. The ESPYS hasn't been good since like Justin Timberlake had a credible opening monologue in like 2008. So yeah, you know it is what it is. Uh, but let's let's bring in the last member of the usual crew uh, playing with an upper body injury tonight. So uh, we'll we'll apologize in advance for him if he's it's a little tough for him to uh, to tough it out tonight. But we appreciate his efforts anyway. Uh, and he is the second city hockey. What Jake Snyder is to Jake Snyder is to minus the bear. Uh, he's on Twitter at mil 182.
3: It's Mil Savage. Uh, I'm assuming you let me go last so we can give a big sky point tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the reason. Uh,
3: So rest in peace to Taylor Hawkins, which I know Dave and I are both big Foo Fighters guys. Um, Extremely sad passing this past week. Yeah, completely
0: shocking and uh, totally out of nowhere. Like I had a text from a friend at 1030 at night that I thought something was wrong with him or someone in his family. And it was just Taylor Hawkins. What the fuck? And then I saw it and I was too upset to go to sleep for like two hours because I was like, that's just I, I have no words. Like it just came completely out of nowhere. And this drummer from this really fun band is gone.
3: Yeah, I mean, for me, <clears throat> Taylor Hawkins is, a, is an incredible drummer, but he's also a really good musician in his own right. He has some great solo stuff. Um, and some people might know he uh, he drummed for Alanis Morissette when she was touring mm-hmm. Jagged Little Pill when she exploded uh, in the 90s. So he's really versatile, and any time you watch any of their back, you know, like their uh, interviews and stuff like that, he's hilarious, uh, great singer, and you know he was only fifty, which isn't old at all. It's not like he was in his twenties, like a lot of musicians, but still, it's it's very sad, and somebody who was very inspirational for me. So uh, tough week. I didn't really sleep. I kind of the next day just listened to uh, their third record on loop, which is the first one he played drums on.
0: Yeah, the the first two he didn't play. And actually, I, I learned something new about him over the weekend when I was just reading stories about him <clears throat> uh, for Coheed and Cambria's uh, Good Apollo 4 and Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3, I believe, were the two albums. They were in some sort of contract dispute with their drummer, and Taylor Hawkins did the drums on those two albums.
3: Yeah, I mean, I he's had no a- <clears throat> idea about. He's a great studio guy. Um, Mm -hmm. He could do it all. And, you know, the only thing I could say is I'm really sorry for obviously for the Foo Fighters and for his wife and children and his family, uh, people who actually knew him. But uh, also he lived a pretty awesome life. You know, he set out a lot of insane goals and he accomplished all of them. I mean, the guy, you know, met all his heroes. He played on SNL like almost 10 times, Mm -hmm. Uh, so many platinum albums and, you know, all that stuff. So God bless and uh, rest in peace, Taylor. I I the I wrote a big thing about
0: him today as part of the Blackhawks update, and I didn't want to get too into my own story because it was about Taylor Hawkins. But there's a there's a video in there of at the 2018 Wrigley Field show. They actually did two nights there. I was there for the second night, and Taylor comes out from behind the drum kit and sings. Dave Grohl went back on the drums, and they did Queen and David Bowie's "Under Pressure," which might be my favorite classic song ever. And to hear that band do that song. That's like top five uh, concert moments of my life, and I'm kind—I'm incredibly bummed that something like that will never happen again for me. Because uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the Foo Fighters in the future, but <clears throat> it yeah. feels like it's—I don't know—it's just it, it'll be different. There's no there's no other way to describe it.
3: Well, I'll say this uh, just on an end note. I know we, you, and I could probably tell stories about him and Foo Fighters related stories, all uh, all podcast, and I'm sure I even have some Foo Fighters Taylor Swift stories I could tell. Betsy and Shay, uh, that they might appreciate. But uh, we have some hockey to get into.
0: We, we do. Uh, maybe that, we'll do that in the summer when we we have some of our off-season shows. Betsy and Shay, did, I don't know if any, either one of you were big into the Foo Fighters.
1: I think they're a great band. I, I can't say that I'm the biggest, the, the most into them. Uh, like, they're not Scottish, uh, which <laughs> seems to be my, my almost exclusively my taste. Uh, is You feed me any Scottish band and I will be extremely into them. See Churches. Okay. Um, see B- see, Biffy Clyro so
2: all right all right uh
0: Betsy what about you do you, were you I know
2: there? some of their songs okay well
0: I, that is, I will, I, that's, <laughs> that's 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 totally fine like I feel like that that was a band that they were they were so big that everybody at least knew one song
3: I do want to throw out this if you ever went to Hawks games in the last you know decade uh the pretender Foo Fighters song the pretender would come on before after second intermission before puck drop did our first play, first intermission rather
2: did they Alex, play it monday Alex night, was the night? i know <laughs> uh
3: i don't remember i don't recall but uh, you'll hear taylor you know duh, 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 over mm. the over the riff uh and if you listen to foo fighters greatest hits that's one of those cds where you show people and they're like oh i know like 15 of these songs i didn't know it was them
0: yeah exactly
3: because they were so relevant through an era where like music was kind of changing mm so anyways,
0: all right, yeah, we'll we'll do we'll do that in our, one of our summer episodes maybe. Uh but let's let's get into the hockey because boy, boy do we have some interesting hockey to d- discuss. Uh the last week in the last week of games, they beat Anaheim and then they beat somebody else on Thursday and I'm drawing a blank. Who was that? The Kings. The Kings. There you go. Thank you. And then they lost to the Knights over the weekend. Had a three-goal lead, blew it. It's still annoying to blow a three-goal lead, but, I mean, at least like Vegas is a playoff team. And then they fucking blow a four-goal lead to the Buffalo Sabres on Monday night at home. And I, I just – Shay, just go ahead. W- whatever's on your mind as I'm talking about this game, we'll, we'll just go just, – just start talking because I don't know what else to say about that game.
1: Hi, it's me, the kid who said uh, at the beginning of the season laughed when asked – are the Blackhawks a playoff team? Uh, because that was the appropriate reaction. Uh, this is a bad team who's been bad all season. Look at look at their stats. They are okay. Uh, Twenty in expected goals for. It's at tw- It's five five on five. You can't unexpect the Blackhawks to blow stuff. Is it significantly worse uh, that they did against the Buffalo Sabers, who are like neck and neck with them in terms of how bad they are this season? Yeah, yeah uh vegas is a is a desperate team trying to hang on to the playoffs who beat the blackhawks in overtime fine Mm. okay that's understandable loss after two straight wins you you take the point streak that's three games point streak (laughs) (laughs) three game point streak (laughs) at at this point in time that's what you're like that that is a room for the blackhawks the the do it against the sabers though that stinks
0: yeah yeah that that
1: that stings (sighs)
0: I, I think that's what I kept coming back to, like like the Vegas thing. I, I don't want to say the Vegas thing is like acceptable because again it's it's a three-goal lead the third period. NHL team should be able to defend that. Yeah, I know the Hawks are bad, whatever. No excuse. But this four goals to the Sabres, man. And like every every statistical category you want to say that the Hawks are bad in, the Buffalo's just as bad in every one of those categories. So it's like and and like I don't even know who like the Sabres traded away. The only like legitimate stud forward that they have, I felt. Well, Tage Thompson's getting better for sure, but like they traded Jack Eichel. Who else is on that team?
1: Alex Tuck, who oh. was in the in, in the Jack okay. Eichel trade, is a good forward who should not have been on the third line for the, for the Golden Knights for the last few years. Cousins is going to be good. Cousins is going to be good. Okay, uh, I, I'm
0: still running out of reasons to.
1: Peyton Krebs explain, is going to be good.
0: Explain a <laughs> lead. The, uh
1: Their defense is fine. It's gonna improve when old power gets there.
0: But, uh, Betsy, what about you? Your your thoughts on the last week of hockey, probably punctuated by Monday's disaster.
2: Uh, it was expected. I mean, like, <laughs>
0: <Really>? <laughs> I like leg, legitimately were you expecting it? Like, I had the minute the,
2: the minute Buffalo scored that first goal, I okay. commented in our Slack was like, "Are they about to blow this lead? I bet they could," or something like that, because. I think I I just was like legitimately like, I bet they could blow a four goal league and I bet this could happen. Um, And then sure enough, it did. And it's not, it's not really that it was like super expected. It's just, it's not unsurprising that it happened. Maybe that's a better word. I I didn't expect it, but I don't find it surprising. And I'm one of the, I think that the Blackhawks do not have a bad set of personnel I do not particularly, I still don't really like King's way of doing things. I was trying to explain it so like that there's nothing that they do really that, that, uh, that, um, addresses the fact that they're not a possession team, you know, there's, they've, They've done a good job at, at learning how to protect the slot a little bit better. Not against Buffalo, that was actually one of the worst games <laughs> of the season there. But like in general, yeah. under King, they've they they addressed some defensive things, and then they tweaked the offense to try to help, and it did. But none of that correlated to better possession. And we know that some of the players that have been good possession players before f- are floundered under the King, and then Jeremy Collison before that. And it's not because those players just suddenly become ports because what they're playing in is still not good. So I'm of the mind that I can't make a decision on players that are playing right now until they're under a good coach. And I'm not going to get upset really about anything that happens at the end of this, the rest of this season. It's not great. It's not fun to watch sometimes though. I actually, that game was fairly entertaining even with them losing. Dep- it depends
0: on your definition of the word, I guess.
2: <laughs> I, it was a fine, like, like, as a Blackhawks fan, it was like, uh, But as, like, watching hockey, a lot of those plays were really cool. Most of the goals were, like, tips and deflections and good passing plays from the Sabres. So it was, that was good hockey to watch. I was <laughs> okay. impressed with that kind of stuff. Oh. Um, so, like, you, you have, like, that's fine. It's just, you wish they were not where they are right now. That's always yeah. going to be disappointing. But I we're too deep into it to get upset anymore.
0: Oh, oh, you say that, but I'm I don't know if upset is the right word, but more just like it, it was just more I think exasperated is the word. It's just like fucking really like four four goals to Buffalo. But, but I want to come back to the Derek King stuff you mentioned, but I want to bring in Mill first and get his thoughts on the last week.
3: Um yeah, to piggyback on what Betsy said, I think the possession is so bad, but it really this this streak of games kind of showed you how much Marc-Andre Fleury covered up for that. Um, not like yeah. the actual possession, but how for people maybe not looking at the numbers, it kind of seems like it's better than it is mm-hmm. um, because of how outstanding he just is um, as a player. But also, I felt a lot like when homers at the isotopes game, and it's their hometown team. <laughs> and they they take the field and people are just booing them. And he goes, just hurry up and lose so we can get out of here. Because <laughs> that's kind of like when when they're in a game and it's competitive or they come back, even if they don't win, it's like, okay. But when you shit your pants like that, and, and the Vegas one is, you know, whatever, like Vegas is a solid team. They have very, very good players. Um, and they got a point out of it still. But like at home, the Buffalo, four goals like get the fuck out of here.
0: Yeah, and and the Vegas one, I I think the way the Vegas meltdown started is what um cuz the the first goal was a softie that Larkin gave up at, against Vegas and that um and the, and I feel like whatever the goal when you have a multi-goal lead and if your goalie gives up a softie, that's a it's a really bad sign because it feels like that just kind of deflates everyone, especially when you have a team like the Blackhawks that have had the season that they've had. Um, I, I feel like the first against Buffalo was not a softie. I think I can't exactly remember how it happened, but, but either way, uh, it's just uh, exasperated and disheartened and all those other words I was using earlier. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I've I've been trying to think of other ways to describe this as I've been preparing mentally to talk about this game tonight, but I kept running out of things. It's just like you just like throw your hands up in the air and like, what do you do? What do you what do you say? Like, this is just uh, this is just kind of where we are right now. And uh, I I hope that's the last four goal lead that they blow. Well, for the rest of the season, but- this
3: is that game is a good reason to give King some criticism on top of the normal stuff, because if you have a lead like that, you can't get complacent. Like you gotta, you know, put them to the sword.
0: Yeah. All right. So this, you kind of bring me into what I wanted to talk about a little bit tonight uh, related to Derek King. Cause so some of his comments after the game did not sit well with me. And I, I try not to put so much into what coaches say after games, because you know, it's, it's immediate, uh immediate feedback. They didn't have a chance to watch the film and digest and really think about what happened, but I don't know. I just I just didn't like the way King described this when he said, and I'm quoting here, uh, we stopped playing the game the right way. We just decided upon ourselves to go and do what what they wanted to do. We didn't do anything we asked them to do. That just screams like a defeated coach to me or, or just your job as the coach is to make them do the things that you want them to do. And if they're not doing it, you need to sit their asses on the bench for a shift maybe a period, but the fact that he chucked that game up, the, the loss of that game to players, not doing what he was asking them to do. That, that really is not, that's not a very encouraging sign for me, interim coach or not. Um, Shay, what do you think about that? I don't know if you saw those quotes.
1: I mean, I, again, I have, I have been, I have very firmly entrenched opinions on, on, uh, Derek King and, and if Kyle Davidson yeah. decides to remove the interim tag from Derek King, I will have very firmly entrenched uh, opinions on on Kyle Davidson. Uh, <laughs> Derek King. It doesn't surprise me in the slightest that those those comments sound like the uh, comments of a coach who's lost the locker room, uh, and that doesn't surprise me well, in the slightest.
0: See, I I don't know if lost the locker room is how I would describe it, but more just
1: doesn't care about losing the locker room.
0: It's, it's, it's like, there's just like, there's not enough discipline, I guess. Like players don't, players can get away with doing the, you know, having bad habits and doing the wrong things in the game and not have, uh, not have the repercussions for doing them of losing yeah. ice time or whatever. Some players. They
1: don't, they they don't, <laughs> they don't respect them maybe. And I, I get why his methods don't work.
0: Betsy, go
2: ahead. Well, you say... Some players had, like, they get disciplined. Kucherov gets disciplined, and <laughs>
1: Kubelik gets, gets Kubelik disciplined. gets
2: got disciplined, and yeah. Rome got disciplined. Strom. and then you have Caleb Jones still playing, even though he sees him. Like, I will, I will admit, he sees improvement when he's completely sheltered, but he had like twenty games in a row maybe that he was not good. And yet he didn't get sad at all. Then you have Eric Gustafson who I haven't minded. Like I didn't mind for a while, but then he started stringing together some really bad, even for him games, including, (laughs) I think he was, I think he, he was directly responsible for the situations on two of the goals for Buffalo. One of which he, instead of trying to get the puck out properly, he just kind of flung it into the middle of a bunch of Buffalo players. Like, why would you, like, why? And then the other one was uh, him giving it up immediately behind the net. Like, he didn't even, uh, he, like, just threw it, and there was nothing but a Buffalo player there. Like, nobody else existed. Like, why why would you ever do that? It's because he didn't look. (laughs) So, anyway, like, and he has reduced minutes, but he still plays. Yeah. And I'm... I'm like, don't fully grasp it. I can understand not pulling up the Rockford kids because they're playing right now, but you could give way more minutes to Vlasic. I mean, what's yeah? The point that's in, the, Just let him play.
0: That's the one player, like Alex Vlasic. If you know he's at the NHL level, they've scratched him for three games in a row, and you can't convince me that uh, there's six defensemen in the Blackhawks lineup that are all earning their ice time, as King mentioned with in regards to young players. So, I mean, shit, Riley Stillman can sit for a game too. I don't. There's a lot of candidates on that blue
2: yeah I mean I just I this comes back to that one comment that he he didn't play Galvis after Galvis had like three really excellent games in a row and he scratched him to get Gustafson back in the lineup and then when somebody asked him afterwards he was like well you know I, I didn't I wanted to do it because you know they earned it the vets earned it essentially like didn't want to do them a disservice those aren't his actual words because that sounds too like nice of a word they I don't think he'd ever use that word, but that's essentially what he said. And everybody was like, what are you talking about? They've been playing terribly. Galvis hasn't put a bad game up yet as a, as a guy that literally just walked into the thing. And Mm. I would have accepted more um, that he said, well, our intent was for him just to play a few games and then we were going to send him back. That's fine. That's a plan, but don't try to tell me (laughs) that these other guys are playing better than him. So yeah, I, it was, I get frustrated at some of his comments. I, in, I like that he's more candid than some coaches, mm-hmm. but that also means that he's saying some stupid stuff, like <laughs> stuff that you go, but why, sir? <laughs> this is why yeah. you've been a AHL backup coach your entire career. Maybe.
0: Yeah. Like, and, and, and i like to, it's like your point. Like I, I appreciate his candor that he's been, uh, you know, I, I think he, he did rescue the Hawks. Um, he did help turn things around with how miserable October was. Um, and like Dylan Strome has been a lot better since, well, Dylan Strome has been in the lineup and playing really well with Kane and DeBrinket since he's put that group together. So it's not, it's not all bad under King, but I don't, I feel, I, I'm, I'm joining Shay's camp where I just, I don't feel like there's enough positives here to make him, the full-time head coach after the season ends. Uh, I I just, that would be a very, very uh, discouraging move if that's where the Hawks ended up. Uh, Mill, what about you?
3: So the way I feel about Derek King is he's not really a good coach or a bad coach. He's just kind of a guy because, you know, we've watched him enough now where I can say good players don't usually struggle under him Mm -hmm. um, like they did under Colleton. Yeah, Like he doesn't hinder guys who could play, but he does not know how to shelter guys. Um, Betsy brought that up with Caleb Jones and like a guy like Quenville, not to harken back to that era too much, but he won a cup with like David Runblad (laughs) and Kyle Comiskey in the lineup. So now granted, they had an amazing defensive, you know, core, but (laughs) he knew how to shelter those guys in certain situations. It's like when you're playing regular season games and you can't shelter a Caleb Jones or a Gustafson, or I think Stillman kind of sucks. um, Just with a lot of his habits and stuff, they don't have a coach who's going to make those guys better or protect them. Uh, And they honestly, they don't have a a guy who's going to correct a lot of their bad habits. And those, you know, aside from maybe like Seth Jones or maybe Murphy, a lot of those guys can't play their way out of trouble.
0: Yeah. And there's not, like the 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 thing you need out of the next coach is they need to they need to develop a lot of young guys. I mean, and I don't know how much better Kirby Doc has gotten this season. Um, I like feel like we talked about this last week a little bit. It feels like Phil Kirshen has almost taken a step back, um, and there's not really too many other young guys on the team, really. I so uh, it's just like obviously whatever coach takes over next season, if it's King or whoever, like. I imagine there's going to be more young guys up at the NHL level, and whatever short-term, long-term plans the Hawks have, these young guys need to get better, regardless if they're going to be any sort of uh, if there's going to be any sort of progress with the direction of the team. So, uh,
3: I also don't think it'd be a bad idea for them to bring in some veterans. Um, like I really liked having Brian Campbell around for them. Yeah, uh, obviously coach. he's done now, but yeah, not not on the ice, but but you know, guys who can work with them and uh, who have that yeah. experience because
2: oh, Coach Marian Hossa,
3: yes, <laughs> which just, I've been
1: look, saying. Look, look for I'm, yeah, I'm much, I'm, just I'm much
0: more. You. He I'm much lives more concerned. in a castle in Europe. Are you gonna leave?
3: I'm much more uh, concerned about their blue line, though.
2: Yeah. How crazy. I think Marion Hossa could teach blue liners to play defense. <laughs>
1: I don't and doubt my that. Th- my thing is <laughs> how crazy is, is Putin because he might invade Slovakia and then maybe Marianosa comes to go to <laughs> okay. wow. When
0: Wow. When you referenced Putin, I had no idea where the hell you were going, but now I understand. Oh my god. Eastern <laughs> Europe. No, I you you're not yeah. It, it makes maybe, sense now that you got there, but I just when you started when you when I heard the word Putin, like what the fuck is going on? Maybe
2: they could hire a dream Swede team, Oduya and Jamerson, just kind Come do it, Come I, do it together.
0: <laughs>
2: all right.
0: I'm going to plug this podcast and we might, we're going to take a break here in a second. Uh, I don't know if the rest of you listen to the 32 thoughts podcast it's with Elliot Freeman. One, yeah. Yeah. The, Johnny Oduya was on it this week and he was fantastic. Like I don't remember Johnny Oduya talking ever at any point while he was with the Blackhawks. And so I honestly, I didn't, uh, the voice I heard on the podcast like didn't match up with the face I remember seeing for five years, but I also like, I don't know what Johnny Oduya's voice sounded like. Cause it felt like he never did an interview, but the things he talked about when he got into, uh, how he's, he's teaching hockey to like teenagers in Sweden. Like, uh, I think he said like kids under the age of 16, like 12 to 16, roughly was the age gap. And the way he described his approach to everything. I'm like, that's the guy I want coaching my NHL team. Um, so you know what? Maybe maybe we'll we'll dive into that a little bit more. But let's let's take a quick time out, uh, gather our thoughts. Mill's going to get some more tea so we can get out the second half of this podcast, and then we're going to come back and talk about some more Black Hawk stuff. So come on back for all of that. Welcome back to Musings on Madison and uh, had some other things you wanted to dive into. And actually during our little intermission there, we started to talk about all this stuff. So I'm going to let Betsy pick up midstream where she was <laughs> talking right before I stopped her and, and hit re- the record button. So Betsy, if you want to take back the floor and then we'll bring uh mill and Shay in afterwards.
2: Well, one of the points in my recap for the Buffalo game was about Sam Lafferty, who I think has, become a little bit of a fan favorite I started to become a fan favorite because of how hard he works, but also how good he is when he exerts his like the force of his hard work, um, which are not the same things. Lots of people can be hardworking, but not be useful. He is useful. And the point I made was about how he could be a good, he could help a team become a good possession team because of how he directed that one hit. It encapsulated the idea of smart hitting um, that again, very reminiscent of Boland is the first player that came to mind Um, because Sam Lafferty was going straight in on the Buffalo player, but he then changed his angle when he saw uh, Reese Johnson coming up the wall so that the puck would hopefully, and most likely pop towards him, which it did. And of course, then he got in front of the net and did that, but like just the hit alone was so smart and I think there are players on the Blackhawks that could do that kind of stuff, but that either it's not being fostered properly or the it's just not set up system wise. But the reason that the Blackhawks of old were so good and Dave was talking about the point that Oduya made on his on the podcast interview about how he would lure players in to hit him so that he could then get out of the way or. Kruger's another perfect example. How many times did Kruger get, like, just laid out <laughs> and was, get up?
0: It was it was a running meme, I think, among the Yeah, Hunts he would get fans.
2: ragdolled, but if he never – like, the team rarely ever lost possession with him getting laid out because he did his job. He's like, I'll take the hit to make the play. Um, and I don't know what about this group. I think some of them could do that, like, maybe – not, not die every time. <laughs> like Frogger, you know, like a million That's lives. why he got
0: the nickname Frogger because yes, exactly. he kept Nick getting run Frogger. over. Yeah.
2: But I, I think there's components to the team that they have now that, that could do things like that. And I, I'm looking forward to them trying to find a coach or somebody who can instill in them those types of things um, that just, some players do it more naturally. I think the does it pretty naturally. Um, like he has good shiftiness for like his size. I know he's built like a hydrant, but like that kind of stuff. I think, um, I think Strom has some good, like he does some good stuff. Um, Kubelik had shown some shiftiness too originally, and he's just not anymore, but. It's, um,
0: it, it just seems like that's like the, the those are the subtle like little things that coaches can point out and reinforce that make a player go from being like a fringe a- AHL guy to a legitimate NHL player, whether that's top six, bottom six, whatever. But those those are the little nuances that become so important at the NHL level.
2: Yeah. And Seth Jones is a great example of a player who has all of the attributes to be a number one D and the innate ability to be. And he does a lot of things really well, a lot better than, I like he's done a lot better this year with the Blackhawks than he did for two years in a row with Columbus, Mm -hmm. but there's still parts of his game where I'm like, if somebody would just take him and show him, if you just did this slightly differently or that slightly differently, he could be even better because he has the ability and he's already really good. So could he go another level? Um, I know his age might make that difficult because he still seems young, but he's going to be, 27
0: soon or 28. How old is he now? <laughs> Up, I know upper 20s, but yeah, I uh, there's eight. Yeah, you had
2: to turn 28. Yeah.
0: Like, I I think that's the, the difference between the Hawks of the last five, four or five years and the Hawks from before that is just, it feels like they're on, on a lot of players. There are, there are uh, more ounces to be squeezed out of their ability, I guess. There, there's more there than the Hawks are getting out of some of these guys. Um, it's just, you know they they keep doing these you know this rotating cast of characters on the lineup, and it, it feels like at some point like maybe it's not the players themselves, maybe it's the the way they are being coached or not being coached or what have you. Um, not but, being
2: developed properly. Not being
0: developed. Yeah, exactly. Just
2: Black Hawks ha- don't develop people very well.
0: Yeah. So, so I, I was I'll spin this over to Shay. Um, I don't know if that you had more to add to that, or if there's any other players that have stood out to you in the last few weeks, but uh, just wherever you wanted to take it, Shay, I'll, all yours.
1: We'll, we'll probably <laughs> have a negative conversation at some point, right? Cause, cause there's a few players on this team who uh, don't play up to their cap. I will say that I think Seth Jones is one of them. There there needs to be more juice out of Seth Jones that are that's able to be squeezed by a good coach. Because they're paying him nine point five million dollars, and like, yeah, yeah he's, well, he's 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 like, yeah, play him some minutes, play him like twenty three minutes, like right now, sure. Well, that's is he a nine I, point? Pl- is I he mean. a nine point? Yeah, is he a nine point five million dollar player? No, that's but no. I mean, he
0: that's not his that's not his fault
1: though. No, like, it's not, and it's not Kyle Davidson's fault either. Unless Kyle <laughs> Davidson was like, hey, stand moment, trade for trade for seven. Uh You can't prove that that wasn't the case. Do, um,
0: I Shay, I'm, I'm going to climb through this microphone.
1: I don't know how I, uh, in terms of positives, Bill is a going play hockey. Yeah. Like, yeah. Breaking news. forgot right? about that for a little while. He, he was a number hockey. three overall pick for the love of God on a team that's like, let's, let's be real honest here. Like the Blackhawks don't have a ton of depth. Like you can like the top no. of the lineup as much as you want, but they don't have a ton of depth. Yeah. Uh, especially like, down the middle. I feel like
0: they don't have a second line. Like they have the top, no. the, the top line with Debrink, Stroman Kane, and then like a bunch of dudes and then maybe a fourth line.
1: Yeah. so like this team should have a second line center. Uh, his name should be Kirby Doc. It's
0: not. He did. Um, he was. He was sick for the last game. Maybe that's why they blew the four goal lead. It was Kirby Doc's absence. That's and <laughs> Kirby uh-huh. Doc and Connor Murphy. That's that was the glue hole. The, the second him.
1: one, maybe The second one, maybe
0: The the, the, the um, latter definitely more than the former, but
1: yes. Uh, it's it's just like uh, like. Uh, there, <laughs> there's, is, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of those. Let's have let's have let's have this conversation. Jonathan Taves can't really play hockey at the level well, he once was able to. Oh yeah. i He seen it right after the
2: Buffalo game where he was great.
1: He, he didn't yeah, did like the season. Yeah. The season. He's no been that's not that's fair. It.
0: Well that's he's, you know. Yes, you are not wrong, but uh, he's but I mean Taves is coming back from missing an entire season and and whatever that ailment was, which still is kind of weird and mysterious, and is he okay? Because like it, it explains some I, things
1: if he's not okay.
0: I'm I Physically, he seems to be, yeah. And I, I think he said that he thought he was getting closer to being back to where he wanted to be, and then he had the concussion and was out for a while, and that kind of set him back some more. But I, I don't think you're going to get number one center Jonathan Tavis ever again. That's no. not going to happen. I don't, I, you I, could I, the problem get, like, is you're
1: not getting number two center Jonathan Tavis. You're going to get number uh, three center Jonathan Taves. I I think, yeah. I mean, on a a good, on a good team, which is where the Blackhawks want to go again, he's a number three
0: center. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, to be totally honest, I think this is the last month of Jonathan Tate's career in Chicago. Like the way, the way his comments have gone, like it it feels like in a month he's, he's going to ask to be traded or, or what have you. Like he seems, he doesn't seem like he wants to be around for the rebuild and it's, it's kind of, uh, it's it's it feels weird to say that, and but I feel like he has every right. If he doesn't want to be around for it, fine. At least communicate that. You know, go go to Davidson, uh, and they'll they'll get you out of town, maybe somewhere. And and I don't even know what you get for him, but.
1: Uh, and and going back to a positive player, as soon as soon as he asks for that trade, strap the seed Alex to bring cat's chest. Yeah, that, that kid, <laughs> that kid is special. I'm like, please don't trade him. Just
0: that, the entire. Him. I think I tweeted this from the SCH account and got more likes on it than anything I've ever tweeted. I think I said the number one reason why I want the Blackhawks to be good again is because I want to see Alex to bring it in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Because I like, feel like it would be so be special. good.
1: Yeah. I just it, I, it, feels, it feels weird saying about that about a 23-year-old, but that kid's going to be special. But we haven't is. seen him in the playoffs really. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I don't even know if the bubble counts. And that And that was his like down year too.
1: Yeah, like that. He, Alex Brinkett in, the, in those playoffs in, 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 or in the in the bubble was also a better playmaker than he was a goal scorer. And like getting goal scorer Alex Brinkett in the playoffs, like this team needs to rebuild quickly just so we can see like 28 year old Alex Brinkett in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, that'll be an extra interesting thing. Like if, if you know, if Taves does leave in the offseason, and obviously, like the next guy in line would seem to be Kane. However, if you want to announce that like, this is the new era of Blackhawks hockey.
1: Yes. The way to do I that could is, see, I is could see. Yeah. To up.
2: I don't like, think Kane would want to see.
0: There, there's also that aspect of it too. I, I think Kane also might understand the situation they're in. And he'd be like, no, give it to the It's his team. Now I'm just here for the ride. Um, Mel, What about you? Any, any other thoughts on all this stuff or any other player observations from the last few weeks?
3: Yeah, I think on the front of like age and development, I think there's kind of two sides. Obviously, there comes a certain point where there's a wall and you can't really develop a player much more. But I do think you can get guys to change certain aspects of their game. Um, Like Mike Madonna was 29 and uh, Hitchcock got him to start playing defense and they won a cup. Uh, Steve
0: Steve Eisman had that too.
3: He he was scoring like
0: 100 and some points a season. And then he went down to like the 80s and 90s and Detroit won a bunch of cups.
3: Right. And like different sport. But uh, Shaq was like 27 when <laughs> Phil Jackson. No, but he couldn't. Oh, no, get I, it done. I just
0: I, I love the, I love the cross sports comparisons whenever um, they come up. But I appreciate it.
3: Yeah. I mean, Phil Jackson and same thing with the Bulls. He goes, he came in and he goes, we're going to run this triangle offense. Everyone was pissed because it was an equal opportunity offense with stars playing it. But it works. Uh, Mm -hmm. let's you run ISO. So I think it's more of a mindset. So like getting a guy like Seth Jones into a system where it's like, Hey, like you have to do these things. Don't do these things, get rid of bad habits. And then when we need you to take over, use your athleticism, you can, but don't rely on it. Um, but you know, with, with the state of the team too, I said this, I think on the last podcast, they have to have a systematic approach to this and say, Hey, this is who we are. This is how we want to play hockey. This is how we're going to develop and teach our guys. Maybe that starts with the, whoever they hire as coach and then they build from there. But um, as far as Taves go, that that's tapes is going to be interesting. I could see a lot of people. I know a lot of people like don't like him for some reason. Um, one reason or another. And they're going to be happy that he's gone and then he's going to go join some team and win another cup probably. Uh, and they're going to be pissed, but uh, <laughs> I could, but no, but think about having him as your three center, like Shay brought up on a good team. Yeah. He's going uh, to win every dungeon st- uh, face off.
0: Yeah. So, I, I feel like there's, there's still, you know, there's still a, a, you know, maybe not a $10 million hockey player, but there's certainly a, a good hockey player that can pr- contribute to a, winning franchise. And also, you know, if whatever intangibles yeah. you want to, you want to throw in there. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's somebody in the NHL that puts value in that because it seems like everybody in the NHL loves to value themselves. Some intangibles. Um, yeah.
3: It's the dollar amount is definitely not there, but I mean, we, we've, this has been drilled into the ground. Like who cares? Yeah. At this but, point.
0: And you know what? And the other, the other name, you mentioned Seth Jones and like we were talking about the brinket in the playoffs. Like one of the things that I remember about Seth Jones when he was traded to the Blackhawks was all of the people saying that he damn near single-handedly shut down Tampa's offense in that series a few years ago. Um, he was I'm, very good in that
2: one. Too. Yeah,
0: so so maybe you get some postseason Seth Jones too. I don't know. I just I to Shay's point about I I hope they, like, you know you have to do it right. You know, it's not like we're gonna the Hawks are gonna be competing for the cup next year or anytime. I, I don't know when. I, I don't. I can't put a time on it because I have no idea. But it's just. It's like crossing all of my fingers and all of my toes that it doesn't take too long, so that maybe some of these guys that are on the team now are still here and able. To, we get to see them be in the playoffs at some point. Because um, that's I, <laughs> if helps the Brinkett has to ends up going somewhere else and winning a cup, like that'll be. I'll be a pretty big bummer. So
3: the Brigitte jersey with the C would look hard too. <laughs> Just, just like thinking about it, you know, 12 with a big C and then like the the like the like way that they have the little E in his name. I used to have to letter those, so I'm just thinking about that. Um, and it is a good look. And also, I just I think
0: it'd be great to have the five, six guy skating around with the C. Yeah. There's something there's something about for sure, short, short guys everywhere uh, for to have have a captain in the NHL. Would he be the shortest captain in NHL history? Was Marty <laughs> San Luis ever a captain in Tampa?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like before he the, left. That
0: was the first name that came to mind. I, I couldn't also, remember. Also, wasn't
1: Gianta a captain? Oh,
0: yeah. Okay. There's been some other short captains. But.
3: Hockey is so weird because there's some guys, if you see them in person, they're really small. And then there's some guys that are enormous. <laughs> you know? Head, <laughs> I ran into Nisimov at a convention. I, w- I went to like, we were w- I was working at Hawks convention and he was outside on his cell phone. I didn't say anything to him. He was talking on the phone. And I'm like, Jesus, this is a large man. <laughs> <laughs> he was like 6'4", I think. Yeah, he, he was a yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, his yeah. frame just – and he had, like, a suit on and everything, and I'm just like, damn, like, I would not want to run into this yeah. guy on the ice. Like, there are some
0: – like, a lot of professional athletes these days, like, especially, like, football players, don't look like human beings. Yeah. Um, but, like, like some hockey players do, but as you said, like, some of them also look like football
3: players. Um, well, so, I'm, I'm also six feet tall, but I'm the shortest Serb, so <laughs> –
0: Six feet tall. Must be nice. Well, uh, I, we've brought up Artem and Isimov so we've officially strayed as far off the rails as we can go with Blackhawks talk. So as the best food themed hockey podcast on the internet, uh, we didn't do this last week because there was so much to talk about around the trade deadline. Uh, but we wanted to, uh, circle back because, uh, I was over in England. I had a lot of food experiences and, and, uh, Shay's been to, do you go to all of the UK or just England
1: or where was it? I've been a, i've been everybody everywhere but wales okay uh i lived I think, there for six months
0: i've been in england too okay that's so i i just i think we just need to have a general food discussion about england and, and mill if you want to chime in uh, i'm not allowed england.
3: in the country
1: <laughs> okay I, I i i i hate to say this as a as a mostly englishman but i'll start here our food is bad
0: well all right what what traditional english food was was so much better though like that's the thing like i had uh the one hotel i stayed at i had like the traditional english breakfast every morning didn't have blood pudding which i guess i was a little bummed about but like the the sunny side up eggs and sausages and and some tea like it was and it was pretty good i wouldn't say it like blew anything out of the water compared to an american style breakfast I actually saw a place that advertised American-style pancakes, which I didn't realize that was a thing.
1: Yeah, uh, like you know how like Dutch pancakes exist and like things like that. American-style pancakes exist. Yeah,
0: but so so what is your what is what makes you think American food is? I'm not defending American food, but I just want to hear more. About no, 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 no.
1: I meant English food is. Oh, pan- oh, okay, okay that's <laughs> we like the the english think boiling is a spice and i say that as a yeah. as the uh, other part of me mostly being dutch the dutch also think du- boiling is a spice but the dutch also know what sugar is because <laughs> troop waffle exists okay. the, the english like they have fine chocolate it's not no nowhere near as good as the eu's uh like the english like the full the full black breakfast is like a little bit overblown um and they think beans goes at breakfast yeah i
2: didn't or, have,
1: i did not have beans on my toast
0: did you uh,
2: did you have black um black pudding which is something that's pretty common with i like black pudding,
0: actually
2: breakfast
0: I, yeah. I i did not but uh black pudding does not sound very enticing so n- it's blood sausage yeah or, yeah no no i didn't have that uh i had fish and chips which fish and chips is again. like the
1: one good thing English does. It's, it's good. The English, I just – I, I, right.
0: uh, uh, when, when I went to the place to get it, I didn't know that I had to pick the type of fish. So that caught me off guard initially. And also like I thought I was going to get like chicken tenders style served. Uh, no, I got like the – like it was like the length of my forearm size yeah. cod. It was very good. The chips were just potato wedges. Like it wasn't anything fancy, mm-hmm. but – yeah. But the cod was delightful, like the batter and everything. It was just like a place called Mike's Fish and Chips. Like I, I don't even I have no idea what it was compared to other places, but it was uh it was very good. They have uh I did not get to try this because A I didn't go to a McDonald's and B, I told that you couldn't find them anywhere anyway because they were so popular they went out of sale. But apparently they had a chicken big Mac over there for a while. Huh which is ju- uh, just a Big Mac with chicken patties instead of beef patties, but...
1: I, I will say this. The English love their chicken because, like, fry joints are, like, one of the most popular things there. It's, well, like, a... Like, a good, fry, a good fry spot, which is mostly fried chicken and then, again, fried just fried foods. There's,
2: there's a... a good, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Um. Uh,
3: I, I was just to say, there's a YouTube channel dedicated, this guy, Englishman, uh, the Pangest Munch, and he just, like, reviews fried chicken places in England. Yeah.
2: I was going to I was going to say that the foreign like foreign restaurants, like foreign food restaurants in and around England specifically are really good. So if you like are in That's, England and you don't want to have to deal with English food, there are lots of like good Indian places and they have yes. Chinese food there. I I That's had the nuts. best Indian food I've ever had in my life in in it wasn't yeah, that's it was that's like, the
1: thing the the imported culture that the english have like indian and china then no, chinese as you said are fantastic the no, best that's, curries
0: that was the biggest thing that i noticed from england is just like the uh, especially in southampton like London, so massive and spread out. Like I, I didn't get a good sample of the Southampton. So a little bit more of a tighter area and just the sheer volume of different places to eat. Like on the block where my hotel was, there was a, there was a Turkish cafe. There was an Iranian cafe. There was a, I, uh, I can't remember if it was Chinese or Japanese, but an Asian, an Asian place to eat. Um, and then like a like a pub on every other building because England has nothing but pubs. Nothing but uh, pubs. Oh my god, so many pubs.
1: <laughs> Did um, you go to a spoons? I no, spoons. what's what's that? It's there, it's like a it's a pub joint, but like oh, every with, one the withers sp- I went something.
0: to we yes. Witherspoons. Yeah. Yeah. I I went to a few. There because they were all over. Yeah. Uh I had some buttermilk fried chicken at a, a place called O'Neill's in Southampton that was delightful. Um also uh I I feel like this is a probably because of how many Irish people are in England again, because of the proximity to Ireland, but every place where I went and got a Guinness, it was poured as well as you could possibly pour a Guinness. And they were, they were so good. Every pint was the Irish don't fuck around with Guinness. No,
1: they don't They do not fuck around.
3: Um, one of my friends from England came here for a little bit and he stayed in the region and went to Chicago and he compared the way that they have Indian places to how we have so many Mexican places. That's,
0: yeah, but that's a, that's yeah. a very good comparison,
3: because like he was like, oh, you guys have all these, you know, he tried a bunch of them and said that it's very similar. It's just different import mm-hmm. sort of, if that makes sense. I haven't yeah. been, so oh, I can't it. confirm, but that's what he said. He also said he's going to make me is, eat the English breakfast, even though I don't eat meat, <laughs> whatever. I don't think England has
1: like a uh, Indian version of Taco Bell is the only other. One.
0: Uh, they do have Taco
3: Bell, though. Well, that's not like that. <laughs> <I did. yeah, laughs> I'm what? talking about like El Amigo. No, right
1: I know. Like, but like a, a, a very, like a, how Taco Bell is a very Americanized ripoff of, of Mexican food. Yeah. Uh, uh, like an English version of that for Indian food. I like, sh- I bet there is,
0: but I just didn't encounter. I feel like there has to be. I, Someone's figured it out. I, know. Um, there, I saw the, like, the American chain. Like there was a Burger King, which I did. I did actually do the Burger King one time because it was the only place open at like 1030. I've uh, heard
3: that everything closes at like ten a
0: lot a lot of the yeah. Place, yeah uh it's not there are still some and like because of uh the advent of like of uh Uber eats and all those food delivery options like it, it helps cut down on that, but I'd say it seems like every night there were there were enough pubs open till like one two three in the morning if you wanted to stay out all night, you absolutely could
3: I mean. <sighs> You know they don't have Denny's though, so no, no they don't.
2: Did you did you have any like really traditional English? Because like when we I was there for two weeks traveling all around England, um, did the whole like backpacking thing um, through Europe, and two weeks of it was spent there, and four days in Ireland. So well, about what, what, a week and a half, I guess, in England, and then four days in Ireland. Like, um,
0: what exactly do you mean by like
2: spotted dick? I, I was forced no, to have that. No, I did
0: not. Yeah. Everyone. I, I, yeah, that, that's I know that's a running. I feel like English people think that that's all Americans. One of or was some commercial I saw that was English people making fun of Americans because all they think about it with England is oh spotted dick. I'm like no, yeah. I I didn't have any spotted. Lots dick. Lots
2: of food made out of intestines. I had like a, a meatball that was like like liver and heart and intestines, and I they call like I can't remember what it was called.
1: Yeah, um, again you. Uh, Scotland, I love you, but what the hell is haggis? What is that? <laughs> who had, who who came up with that? Why? Oh, for I what had reason a, for what purpose?
0: I had a, a few meat pies. Uh, it was one place I went to. Uh, Ooh, it was yeah. like
2: pork one because I had a
0: steak a steak and ale pie at like the most like stereotypical traditional English pub I think I could have possibly went into because I walked in and there were like ten grumpy old guys sitting in the back yelling at the TV because Liverpool was playing, and I'm like. I feel like this – I walked into the Chicago equivalent of the angry guy sitting at the edge of the bar yelling at the Bears game. I felt like that's where I had transported to, but I had steak and ale pie there that was delicious. Uh, uh, That was called the Red Lion in Southampton. Another place in Southampton, which Mill will appreciate the name of this, and Shane Bessie, I don't know if you were into the show as much, but it was called Pie Caramba.
3: Oh my god!
0: It was. I saw the sign and like I have to go into this place. And I had they had this like barbecue chicken meat pie concoction that was fantastic. Um, um I went in for the name alone. Um, yeah,
1: the British love their pastries.
0: Yeah, uh, and they had there was a lot of like, there was a place like across the street from one hotels I was at that was like a designer dessert place, but it like you, like it looked like a, a restaurant where you sit in like they they are apparently. <laughs> really big on their desserts like this looked like a place where you go and it, it looks like a restaurant but all you could get was dessert but uh holy shit yeah.
2: we have a and japanese it, version of that in atlanta oh so it's not just <laughs> an english thing no
3: hey, uh, speaking of spotted dick uh dick Tannock <laughs> was assigned to the chicago wolves Oh
0: well, the, well when we're watching the uh, Rockford Rockford Hogs in the playoffs, maybe we could see I was spot, gonna go see him for two dollar beer night. A, you spotted a dick in the roster, so <laughs> Yes we did.
3: Uh I'm trying to think not to mention why Dick Artie we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yes. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> oh boy.
0: Yeah. We're we're we're, well, losing. This, I, we're losing it again. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any I mean Oh, the the kebab places. Oh my God, there were so many yes. places to get kebabs. Uh-huh. I had a German donor kebab one night at like 1130. And it was maybe the best thing I've ever had in my life.
3: I meant to ask you, did you actually have a goose island over there?
0: No, I didn't. I just got the last... The last night I was there, I got served a pint of Guinness in a goose island. I that's what I figured. I, was like, I but was like, of course. They did have Goose Island there, but I'm like, I'm I, I did I can get Goose Island at I'm home. I'm in England. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. Li-
3: you're literally like, I live outside of where they brew Goose Island. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I I used to be able to go sit at a White Sox stadium with a giant Goose Island in right field,
3: but they took it. <clears> yeah, what that the hell? Down. They got rid of that and Rev. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Miller Late, baby.
0: Yeah, whatever. Um sh- Oh, I actually, at, at both of the stadiums that I went to, I went to Southampton Stadium and uh, uh, Arsenal Stadium in London. And St. Mary's Stadium in Southampton is 30,000. The other one is 60,000. So you can get an idea of the size of these buildings. But the hot dogs that I had at those places, the meat was uh, like, I felt like better than almost any stadium hot dog I've ever had at any baseball stadium in America. And the bun was like legitimate bread. Like I feel like you go to any stadium and baseball stadium in America, and the and the the hot dog bun is like the shittiest quality bread. This thing was like I felt like it was a full on hamburger bun that just happened to be cut horizontally for a hot dog to sit on top. Of. Um, so 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 that's my food review from uh from the stadiums in England. Outstanding hot six, dogs.
3: Is that sixty thousand? Like, is that comparable to being at like Notre Dame or something like that? Like, does it feel kind of like? Do you know so, what I mean? It's or, or an NFL game, maybe.
0: It felt very Soldier Fieldy to me. Yes.
3: Okay. That's. I, I was just thinking Notre Dame because it's old. Like Soldier Field's old, but it has a spaceship on top of it now.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, the Arsenal Stadium, the uh, a- a- Emirates Stadium, I should say, is. Uh,
3: it's I it
0: fairly modern. At least it looked like it. Um, yeah,
3: they renovate the hell out of those buildings, yeah. don't they? they keep because yeah. they don't want to like ruin it, but. And,
0: and, and the biggest difference, I, and I, I don't remember if I wrote about this or not, but you're not allowed to have your beer in your seats
3: at soccer games. Yeah, it's because of those fights. Yeah, it
0: was from like 1985 because people were literally getting beating each other to death in <clears throat> soccer games. So they banned that. But I this the my, the funniest thing I saw at this game was this guy walked up. He ordered two beers and a hot dog. And he uh, they brought him the beers first. He chugged the one beer. And then they brought him his hot dog and he picked up the beer and the hot dog and he walked away.
3: So like you that. saw my dad there. <laughs>
0: it's like that that man that man has been to this building before and he knows what he's here for.
3: I've seen my dad do that before. That's <laughs> I've also, like, in America, people bring beer to Little League games. So imagine not being able to get a beer at a professional. Well, you can, you can get beer. You just can't take so, like out to your seats. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. imagine, like, being at the UC and then, like, sorry, you got to drink this in the concourse.
0: I will say, like, the people that complain about people waiting for whistles and all that at Blackhawks games that uh, not have being able to go get a beer significantly cuts down on that. So so there's that, too. Yeah. Uh, do, do I miss any other English food takes before we uh, start to wrap this up here?
3: I got nothing because I haven't gone there. <laughs> well,
0: uh, some, something, oh, yeah. to strive, something to try, something to try for Mel. You got, you got time. I
1: got goals. No, thank you.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm gonna guess that's it then. Uh,
1: guess we. Their snacks put- are really good. Their snacks are really good, and then that was that's what I was thinking: Monster Munch and things like that. That's mm-hmm. what I miss about English food, and then. Uh, if I don't think you were in Scotland, so you didn't get a chance for Ironbrook. No,
0: but I, I want to, I so badly need to go back because there's so much more that a place to explore. And like, I didn't even, I didn't even get into, you know, the other parts of the UK. So yeah, that, that's going to happen again for sure. And and maybe then I'll go do that. Uh, Betsy, did you have anything else to add?
2: No, but I was going to say, if people have a chance to go to England um, and they like, like outdoorsy stuff they have to hit the like the great lakes area cuz that's the most beautiful place i've ever been.
0: We've got great lakes here. No. <laughs> not um, no, not like theirs. Uh
2: if you've ever seen like Pride and Prejudice or anything like that, they film a ton of the parts where the she's like the the movie with Keira Knightley, not the i think they filmed them both there, but there's like all these big sweeping scenes and stuff like that. I would recommend that and I want to say most of the food that we had because we stayed in like like little inns while mm-hmm. we were there because we were trying to get what we as college kids thought was the quintessential like experience. Oh, yeah, we're staying in like an inn. Um, like, I, I was trying to do the same here. thing
0: very much removed from college. Like I stayed at a a ho- the hotel in Southampton. They told me was 500 years old and it was haunted. So, yeah, I, was, I mean, I, I was not staying at the Holiday Inn.
2: <laughs> yeah and the the food that they had at the inns were better than any like pretty much anything I had in the city that was english food related yeah um it was not like the two the Chinese and the Indian that I had were the best meals that I had my entire trip across anywhere yeah. <laughs> that we that I went that summer
0: no um, if you could find the like those you know it's i and I think the same thing's true in America if you can find the the small local joints where the mom and pop shop that's where you get the, the real good stuff instead of like the big yep. thing. So like I, I I think there was a I stayed in one Marriott hotel and they had their like hotel break continental breakfast for one morning and it was like every, it felt like every other hotel breakfast I've ever had. So uh definitely definitely go to the go to the original ones. I that I felt like that was the most British thing I did was the the uh the the British breakfast and the and the cup of tea every morning uh don't let tad love so fool you it's actually not that bad if you splash in some milk a little bit of sugar it's not that bad i'm still more of a coffee guy but it's pretty
2: i gotta dump in a lot of sugar
3: yeah (laughs) yeah tea requires a lot of sugar for me I'm about to make some tea right now.
0: <laughs> you, well, you did. well, And we're glad you gutted it out through your upper body injury. And and we appreciate that. Uh, we also appreciate Betsy and Shay hanging out this evening. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode of Musings on Madison. Uh, again, I'm on Twitter at DMelt57. Shay is at Shepard Price. Mill's at Mill182. Betsy's not on Twitter, but you can find her at SecondCityHockey.com under the name LBR. Uh, we're going to do some more podcasts the rest of the season. I have no idea what we're going to talk about because – There's not really too many other things going on with this team, but uh, maybe we'll do a mailbag episode. I keep thinking we need to do that and put out a call for questions. Um, And then the three or four people who still listen to this can send us some questions and we'll definitely answer them because there's only three or four people sending them. Uh, But we'll, we'll be back next week with, with something. And we hope you're back as well. Thanks again for listening. And we'll talk to you then.